Welcome back to Heart to Heart. I am your host, Bacheva Heart. And this week, we are going to talk about my religious journey. I had posted on my stories about doing a Q&A this week, but the feedback I received from all the questions, I had so many questions on religion, and I had been planning on doing an episode about religion, so I thought that this was the best opportunity for me to do this now, and we'll do Q&A another time. If you guys have watched my family's TV show, My Unorthodox Life, on Netflix, if you haven't, you should. The first season is really about my family and our background. Now, I grew up in an ultra-Orthodox community. I went to an all-girls school, all-girls sleepaway camp, never spoke to boys, wasn't allowed to have a boyfriend, and the plan really was, I feel like I can talk about my childhood in a different episode, but majority of my childhood upbringing was super strict, very confined, very insular, small community. I knew what I knew. And growing up, I thought that if you wore pants, that meant that you were a bad person or a terrible Jew. I didn't realize that there was like a spectrum of observance. And all I knew was everything was very black and white. I grew up in a place where we had guidelines on SNEAS, which is modesty. You had to cover your elbows, knees, and collarbone at all times. And my school, I went to a super crazy, insane school. And they literally gave out these like magnet uh, ruler things because not only did they want you to cover your knees, God forbid the wind should blow and your knees should be uncovered. You needed to have your skirt at least three inches below your knee. So they literally gave out these magnets that were like double-sided that would like clip to your skirt so that you could know at all times whatever skirt you were wearing or dress if you were in the three-inch guideline. I did not care about my uniform. I feel like I had, I would wear my sister. She went, my sister is seven years younger than me. So when I was out of school, I would wear my sister's uniform skirt. So it was like shorter and cute. And then when I went to school, I wore like a duty length. Now, duty length is like midi, but nerdier. And that's what I wore to school because I did not give a fuck because I was like, you know what? I'm not looking cute anyway in my enormous sweater and my button down shirt. And our button down shirts had a sneeze button, a modesty button, because a lot of button shirts, you know, like the t- there's a top button. Nobody ever closes the top button unless you're being super fashionable. Then there's the next button. But the next button usually lies below your collarbone. God forbid. Your collarbone should show. So we had shirts that were collared with a sneeze button, a modesty button. Yeah. So my high school was beautiful. Um, we weren't allowed to chew gum because that's like a pig and a pig is not kosher. We were told that if you broke any school rules, it was equivalent of like doing a sin in the Beit Mikdash, which is like basically like the holiest place for Jews. So Let's say if you untuck your shirt, that's the same thing as going and eating pork because a sin is a sin. Now, that's how I was raised and I came out with a lot of trauma. I remember after I graduated, my family and I, towards like the later years in high school, my we would go to movies and I wasn't allowed to go to a movie theater. Otherwise, I would be kicked out of school. So what we would do is we would drive to like Westchester and watch a movie there and I wouldn't tell anyone 
and I couldn't tell any of my friends. That's why I was really close to my camp friends because they weren't like as religious insane as my school was. So I was allowed to say that I went to a movie theater because I would never tell any of my friends in school like for fear that they would tell on me and God forbid I would get kicked out. So I remember when I graduated high school, my family's like, okay, you're out of this high school. We can go see a movie now. I started crying and I was like, no, someone's going to see me at the movie theater. I'm not, I'm, my name is going to be tainted. At that time, I thought I was going to do a shidduch, which is like a matchmake. And I was like, nobody's going to want to date me. My name's going to be ruined for going to a movie theater. And my parents sat me down and they were like, Bacheva, you are no longer in this school. They had wanted me to switch, but I had my friends there and I didn't want to. And I just stuck it out and I tried to ignore the craziness and I tried to laugh it off. I'm not someone who like fights against authority. I'd rather just be like, you do you and I'll do my own thing. But I was a rule follower. So when I got out of that insane school, it took me a while to like be okay with doing certain things. Like for instance, going to the movies where I was allowed to do that. I just was raised amongst them for those four years that it was like so terrible that I was really truly scared that like something bad was going to happen to me if someone saw me going to the movies. Now I graduated high school. I graduated a year early and at that time my family was still super religious and um, I didn't want to go to seminary which is a gap year that a lot of religious Jews do. They go to Israel for a year and the thought of doing more Judaic studies because I wasn't going to go to like a gap year where you had English and Hebrew. It was going to be like purely Hebrew Judaic studies. I was not very academic. I did well in school, but I didn't enjoy it. And I was like, no, why would I opt and have my parents spend all this money for me to go live in Israel to be learning Jewish studies all day long and be super strict? It's not like we were going to be able to do fun things like it was super strict tons of guidelines, you weren't going out and partying, you were stuck studying in your dorm for the most part, at least the schools that my high school was going to send me to. So I said I didn't want to go to seminary, my parents supported that. And I my dream was to go to cosmetology school. And my parents didn't let me do that because they're like, they didn't want me to be in an irreligious environment. Before I was 18, I skipped a grade, I skipped sixth grade. So I graduated at 17. If you guys listen to my career evolution uh, podcast, you may have heard some of this already. But I ended up going to a kosher culinary school with my mom for a little bit. I worked in a kosher restaurant. And that is when around that time that I started talking to my ex-husband, we met through family friends. And it was very taboo at the time. You know, my mom wanted me to date once I turned 18 to get married, and then I started talking to this 18-year-old boy. It was not allowed. Like, I didn't tell any of my friends because, again, didn't want to ruin my name because my mom told me, you can go out with this boy because she, I think, mentally was already on her way out herself, so she was much more open-minded at that point. But she's like, if, you know, we find someone that we want you to date, you have to go on this date and break up with him. So I actually did end up doing that. I broke up with him, went on a date. I think I went on like three dates and, you know, basically told my mom that I was in love with my ex and that I didn't want to see anyone else. 
but at this point it's still really hush hush we only like dated at my house we didn't like go on real dates we like hung out my mom said we're allowed to hang out at the house like we weren't going out and about we didn't want anyone to see us we would like go bowling and go like drive like 45 minutes to go to bowling alleys no one would see us or we'd go see a movie and we would drive to Westchester where nobody would see us so it was actually kind of fun because like we were doing everything in secret but it was definitely not allowed so I remember when I told my friends that I like I waited until because my ex went to Israel for a year and we did long distance and when he was coming home for Passover and I was going to see him again we decided we were going to take our relationship public because like we were going to be dating for marriage I remember I told my friends then and they're like, oh my God, you have a boyfriend. Like, whoa, like nobody has boyfriends. You either, you date to get married. You don't like date to hang out. And I remember the first time that we went out to a bagel shop and I was standing in line with him and one of my mom's yenta, I don't know how to translate, nose body friends came over and the minute I saw her, I ran. I didn't even say goodbye to him. I like ran to the bathroom. I was so like, I felt so nervous. Like were people, what were people going to say about me? Anyway, I got married and I moved to Israel. And in the community that I grew up in, you get married, in my opinion, basically to have sex because you're not supposed to have any relations, touch, kiss, do anything else before you're married. So in order to prevent that, you get married really young. And so I got married at 19 to a 19-year-old. Thank God, I'm very, very thankful. I married my best friend. You know, I'm no longer married to him. But I did have a really positive best friend, like positive marriage experience. Ultimately, we wanted different things, and that I'll discuss maybe at another time. But you guys can watch season two to get a little more insight on that. I go to Israel and during that time, my mom decides to leave the religious Jewish community. That was honestly really hard for me. I wasn't like around. I was in Israel. I come back and like my mom's not really religious anymore. She started a new company and I definitely felt lost. I was like, you raised me this way to follow these guidelines, follow these rules, follow all this stuff. And now you don't believe in that. So that was really confusing for me. I definitely had like a hard relationship with her because I was angry that like she raised me one way and then she changed her mind, so to speak. Um, obviously, now looking back, I'm really thankful that she had the courage to get out there and see what else there was to the world. And again, I'm sharing my own personal journey. This in no way is against religion in any way. I think religion is beautiful. I think that a lot of people find security in religion and rules and guidelines and a way of life. But I also think that there are plenty of people who aren't meant for intense religion. And it's hard when you don't have the option or the ability to see any other opportunities out there. Once my mom left, that definitely opened my eyes up to a different way of life because I really thought if you wear pants, you're a bad person. I just didn't understand that there were any other ways to be Jewish and observe religion in any other way or just to be a proud Jew and 
have tradition in your life. I remember I went to like a UJA event or some sort of Jewish Federation event and I met all these people from different Jewish backgrounds and like they were all so proud of their heritage but they were wearing pants or sleeveless and I was like wow like people can be really proud of where they come from and who they are but they don't necessarily have to follow the strict guidelines that I was raised with and that was really amazing to me so when my mom left she kind of set this pathway she didn't force at all but she just showed what else was out there and other opportunities so I think that I had a really wonderful experience because I saw my dad who was still religious my mom who wasn't religious and I wasn't being pulled in either direction but I had the option to go kind of in either way stay where I was in that religious world or venture out into the world that my mom was in. So I feel like every change that I've made has been really thought out and gradual because at that point when my mom left, I was already an adult. And I think that a lot of people have messaged me and they don't have a support system outside of their religious background. And that's exactly what happened to my mom. And I think that was like extremely hard for her. And I really have so much respect and admiration that she was able to make all those changes for herself without any support. Because when you're brought up in a community that's so insular, you are kind of like a baby when you're entering the new world. And I've had this conversation with guys I've dated now. They're like, wow, you haven't done so many things in life and you're an adult and you've already been married and divorced. I feel like I was just opened up to so many different opportunities that I never felt like I really had a choice in where I was going in life. It was kind of like, you go to high school, you graduate, you go to seminary, you get married, you support your husband, you have babies. And then you have grandbabies. And there wasn't really a lot of flexibility within that or acceptance. And I remember thinking like, I don't want this. But I didn't I thought that I would be more modern Orthodox, which is like a little bit more mainstream, um, which is how like my dad is right now, which is, you know, you keep Shabbat, you keep kosher, you go to Jewish day schools, but you also have a job and you have good education. And there's just you're a little bit more connected with the outside world. And I just felt like I had the ability because I had support on both ends. And I'm so thankful to my dad because he just wants a relationship with his children and he doesn't care how we observe. He just wants us to be happy. And I really admire him for that because I'm sure as a parent on both my parents' side, when you raise your family one way, you like expect your kids to be in that way when they leave your home. And if they don't, I'm sure that's really hard. But He just loves us for who we are and I'm so thankful and I think that's like the greatest gift that a parent can give their child is to just be accepting whatever level they're at, whatever place in life they're at. Yeah, I feel like I'm going in a million tangents with this podcast, so just bear with me. Because I was married, I think that I every decision I made up until the point I got divorced was very much how we felt as a unit. And obviously there are times that we weren't 
exactly on the same page, but we were always had the same core values. So whatever changes we made, we spoke about them to each other. There was nothing like, it wasn't a light switch for us. It was very, very gradual. Like I remember my skirts slowly started getting shorter and shorter. And I really wanted to wear pants, but where I came from, you wear pants, that means you're a bad person. And my whole argument was like, if you wear pants, like they're much more modest than my itty bitty mini skirts where I walk and the wind blows and my ass cheek can show, you know? To me, that doesn't make sense. I understand you can wear tight pants and your ass can show too, but it's an outline. It's not your actual ass. So maybe that's better. Who knows? There were just like a lot of guidelines that I didn't like, like the pants and covering my hair. When I got married, I wore a full wig and I love my hair. Like, I love it. I went to cosmetology school. It's something that I really love about myself. And the fact that I had to cover it was really hard for me. So in between me shortening my skirts, I slowly transitioned from a full-blown wig to pulling hair out in the front of my wig to blend it in. And then I did a keep a fall, which is basically like a top like weft extension. That's just like the top of your head and it lays flat on top of your hair. Then I transitioned to just like a big extension in the back of my head. And then we just did no extensions. And I was like, you know, who am I kidding? I don't want to cover my hair. So I did those steps really gradually. And even with kosher, I started eating vegan out. And once I felt comfortable with that, then I was like, okay, I can do dairy and fish. I never took any steps that I felt uncomfortable with. And this is something that I think is really important when people message me and they're like, I don't want to cover my hair anymore, but I don't want to feel guilty. There's obviously a thing as Jewish guilt, but I don't think that you should make a change if you feel guilty about it. Wait, make a smaller change and see how you feel. Because if you feel guilty about it, you're never going to enjoy it and it's not going to feel good. So you need to have those mental chats with yourself and be like, what do I want? Is this going to make me happy? How is it going to impact my life? And can I stand behind this choice? So every step that I made, I thought to myself, I thought it through. How's it going to make me feel? Why do I want to do this? And kind of like the driving force for me behind every religious change I've made is like, what kind of world do I want my future children to be brought up in? Because I think that having God in your life is a beautiful thing. And whether you believe in God or a higher power, whatever it is, being brought up that there's something larger than yourself and having something to pray to or to talk to is really beautiful. I think that's an incredible experience to have as a child. It sets your moral compass. It treat, it teaches you that there's something after in this world And whether that's true or not, I think it's just a really wonderful way to be raised. And I want to raise my children with God in their life. That doesn't mean I'm not religious anymore. And I don't want to have a religious home. And I don't see myself marrying anyone that's religious. But I do believe in having God in your home and Jewish tradition. Because we are such a small We are such like a small nation in this world and the amount of Jews in the population. I just think it's so important to continue our heritage. And I love being brought up 
with Jewish holidays and Jewish traditions. There's so many beautiful things in Judaism and within the religion that I love, but the organized religion and the rules, that to me didn't sit really well. And that was really hard for me. And I think that took away from my connection with God and my connection with my spirituality and with Judaism as a whole, because it felt like everything was black and white and there was no room for anything else. And obviously if you're listening to this and you're religious, you're going to think I'm crazy and you're going to think I'm a terrible person and that's okay. You're entitled to your opinion. I know that I'm very happy with where I am. I've never felt so comfortable in my life with my life choices and so content and happy and understanding of who I am as a person. I think I, I judge myself based on how I treat other human beings and not on how I judge other human beings because I felt like where I grew up, everything was judgment-based. It was just like a lot of like outwardly things, like how long was your skirt or how well did you do on a test? Not necessarily were you a good human being? Were you speaking badly about other people or were you rude to other people or were you inclusive? Like those things weren't valued as much as like the outward judgment stuff. And I didn't like that because there's so many people that I grew up with that behind closed doors do things in hiding. When they went on vacation, they would wear a bikini, but not when they were at home. And if that makes you feel good, that's fine. But to me, like whatever I'm doing on vacation, I'm doing while I'm in New York. There's not like a difference. I'm not taking like a break from something. Whatever I do, I stand behind it. And right now, I know I have so many questions about, do I keep kosher? Do I keep Shabbat? And I know that all these questions are coming from religious people. And I know that it's, I'm sure it's coming from a place of judgment for the most part and also curiosity from the people who maybe want to make a change in their life or want something else and they want to know, what am I doing? Because she looks like she's doing okay. Like maybe I can make that change. I think religion is just so personal. But for me, when I was in a relationship, I was really respectful of my partner because he did marry me when I was living a certain life and I was super religious. And then because even though we both gradually changed, I ultimately wanted something different. I wanted my kids to be able to watch TV on a Saturday morning I wanted to be able to go on vacation and eat at a not kosher restaurant. And he didn't see eye to eye. And I respected that. While I was with him, I kept the level of kosher that he was comfortable with. And I kept Shabbat. And I did all those things because I was respectful of my relationship. But when my relationship ended, that's when I was like, now's my time that I can make changes for myself on what I want and how I want to live my life, and ultimately the world that I want to bring my kids up in. And that world to me, and where I stand right now, is I don't keep Shabbat, I don't keep any level of kosher, I do, you know, I would love to raise my kids in a Jewish home, I would love to do Friday night dinner, I think it's a beautiful tradition, I celebrate Shabbat in the sense that I don't work, you guys will know that I don't post on Saturday from sundown till sundown. You will not see me posting on Instagram or TikTok. It's my day of rest. Whether that's religiously or mental health wise, it's something I've always done. And it's something that I hope to always continue that 
I have one day out of the week that is designated for my friends and family. And that is my day off. And I think it's really helped me as a human being to be able to mentally shut off for Shabbat. I'm really thankful that I was raised with that in my life. For me, a day of rest is being able to watch TV and have brunch with my friends and go dancing maybe Friday night. But that's rest to me. And that may not be a day of rest to you. Maybe a day of rest to you is something else or it's keeping full Shabbat with not turning on lights and not getting in a car and not watching TV. And I completely respect that. A question I get asked a lot is, do I want to marry a Jew? I ultimately think that I will marry a Jew because especially with my background, I think it would be easier for me because I know that whoever I'm with will be have had such a different upbringing than me that I think it would be nice if he was Jewish. But ultimately, I want a Jewish home. And I don't think I would be opposed to someone who wasn't Jewish so long as they weren't religious in their religion and they wanted to have a raise a Jewish household. So that's kind of where I stand. Ultimately, I think I'll end up with someone Jewish, but who knows? A lot of people ask me, what do I miss about it? And there's nothing that I miss. Whatever I miss or whatever I liked from my upbringing, I still keep today, like the value of Shabbat. I think that's beautiful. The family traditions, I think that's beautiful. Do I think that I'll ever go back to that lifestyle? Absolutely not. I think the most important life lesson I've learned, specifically from my mom, is that it is not your place to judge someone else's relationship with God or relationship with religion. Everybody has their own personal experience and personal relationship, and it doesn't make anybody less of a person or more of a person or better or worse, regardless of how they observe, because it's not up to you to judge anybody. And I think that's the thing that I dislike the most. I think that's the thing that I dislike the most out of the ultra religion was the amount of judgment. So I think everyone should just be a little bit more open-minded and accepting. It's all about being a good human being and treating others with kindness and treating others with respect. I'm so thankful that I have a family that supports me in my religious beliefs, in my religious choices. I wouldn't change my upbringing for anything because I don't believe in regret and I believe that my upbringing made me who I am today and I have so much more acceptance in my heart and I have had so much growth because I went through those changes. I also think that a really important step for me was throughout, I've been on social media for almost six years I've made a lot of religious changes throughout those years. I never made any statements like, hi guys, I'm no longer wearing skirts, I'm wearing pants. I just did it. I didn't make it a thing. It was just something that I did and I didn't need to talk about it or explain myself because ultimately I was doing it for me. And if you are someone that is looking to make a change in your life, whether it's religion or career-based or relationship-based, and you're nervous about what people are going to say, because as I said, a lot of the changes I made, people judge from where I come from. And I know they talk about me. I'm sure they talk about me still, and they still shit on me. And that's okay. I've developed a really thick, thick skin that I've learned that I am the only person living my life 
And why would I take in another random person's feelings about my life and let that impact the way I live? Because they're not living my life. I'm living my life. So just remind yourself, and I try to live by the words, you do you. You do you. You should do your own thing. Do what makes you happy and try your best not to let other people impact the way you live your life. Because as long as you're treating people with kindness and a good human being, that is the only thing that should really matter. Now, I know that my experience is totally different than a lot of people. A lot of people don't have the same support system. So if you are struggling, I feel for you and I'm sorry. And I hope you have the strength to find your happiness wherever that is. Because I know that it's really hard, but you can find a way to live the life that you want. I kind of felt like this was a whole advice segment, so we're going to be skipping heart to heart this week. And if you guys want me to do a follow-up on my religious journey, I'm sure there's a lot more that I can talk about. Please DM me. You, you can email me heart to heart at gmail.com. Follow me on Instagram, heart, heart to heart, TikTok. And this podcast is available on all podcast platforms. Until next time. Thank you.